0: Welcome to the Loveland LibCast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today for this Loveland Cookbook Group episode of the Loveland LibCast, I have my co-host, Ashley Reger, who is a recipe developer and freelance writer, often for Westward. Ashley, thanks for coming back to the podcast.
1: Oh, it's great to be here.
0: On this episode, we are going to talk about our October cookbook, which is Me Cocina by Rick Martinez. Before we get to that, though, I'm going to plug two things. The first is that we are going to have our... Second Potluck for the Loveland Cookbook Group on Saturday, October 15th from noon until 2 p.m. And that'll be in the Gertrude Scott Room. You do not need to register for this potluck, but we do hope that you bring in a dish. And we have suggested the August, September, and October cookbooks. August, we talked about I Dream of Dinner, So You Don't Have To by Allie Slagle. Last month, we were able to talk to Allison Reedy the author of her cookbook, 50 Things to Bake Before You Die. That was a wonderful conversation, and I hope folks check out that podcast episode. And then this episode, our October cookbook, we are focusing on Micosina by Rick Martinez. So amongst those three cookbooks, you might find something to inspire you to bring a dish to the potluck. We will also discuss the August, September, and October cookbooks. Ashley will be there. I will be there. We'll just have a fun time talking about cookbooks with a focus on those three titles.
1: I'm ready to eat a little bit and hang out and talk about food.
0: Yeah. The second thing that I would like to plug doesn't have anything to do with the cookbook group, but it is something we're also trying this year, kind of like the recipe kits that we do for this cookbook group. But we're going to have Inktober kits for people who want to use that month to inspire themselves to make things with ink. Inktober is something a lot of artists, they like to just challenge themselves to make ink drawings or draw or doodle in the month of October. And we thought, hey, let's go ahead and help people do that or give them something to try out, be creative. We'll have kits every Tuesday in October. So that's the 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th of October. You can come in. This is going to be grab and go, just like those recipe kits. And it'll have all the materials you need in there. Come to the library. There'll be things for you to grab. Let's go ahead and jump into Me Cocina by Rick Martinez. That is the October cookbook <laughs> that we're focusing on. We wanted to pick something that had to do with Latine Heritage Month, which starts in September and then carries over into October. So we picked something that we thought fit in with that cultural observation. Outside of that, though, Ashley, I want to ask you uh, why we chose this cookbook.
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, it's the Latine or Hispanic Heritage Month. As we record, we're actually right in the middle of that. We also happen to be right in the middle of a week that Colorado has very, very freshly recognized. Colorado is, I think, one of the first states to recognize Hispanic Restaurant Week. So that will run from September 22nd to October 3rd of every year. So whether you are listening to this and it's still uh, Hispanic Heritage Month or it has passed already, please go and support those wonderful Hispanic restaurants in your neighborhood. Other than that, this cookbook has really just been on my mind. It's very bright and colorful. Ever since it came out, it has just been something I've wanted to cook from, so Uh, I thought maybe other people would be interested as well. We've also been focusing on a lot of more simple cookbooks. So I wanted to throw in one in our series that has a little bit more depth to it, a little bit more research that you can do on the dishes, and is a little bit more traditional in the cultural sense. So this cookbook fits all those boxes.
0: All right. Yeah. I think that it is a wonderful choice for our October cookbook. You mentioning Hispanic Restaurant Week also made me think of upcoming Día de los Muertos celebrations. Mm-hmm. And folks should check out the Loveland Museum website because they're going to have some cool stuff going on celebrating that, some art workshops. And then on November 5th, there's going to be an art reception. So just in the spirit of these celebrations and honoring Latina and Hispanic heritage, there's a lot going on. Are there any notes about the author of Me Cocina, Rick Martinez, that you'd like to share or any recipes that stood
1: out to you? Yeah, so he's a super cool guy. He was on the Bon Appetit team a couple of years ago. He is from a third-generation Mexican-American family. He lives in Mazatlan. He does a ton of food based content online. You can find video series. He hosts a podcast called Borderline Salty with Carla Lolly Music, who is also from Bon Appetit. He actually talks very openly. So, if you're in the food world at all, you also probably heard about the big shakeup that happened at Bon Appetit a few years ago, where it came out that there's just a lot of institutional racism and pay inequity. He talks openly about that in the book and just about growing up as a Mexican American throughout Texas, New York City, and then moving back to Mexico to work on his cookbook. So the book itself is organized by regions of Mexico, and you can really see the difference between each state and, and how they cook.
0: And does it have recipes that cover, you know, every, every kind of meal, whether it's breakfast or lunch or dinner or
1: Yeah, so there is a lot of staples in this cookbook. Like tortillas is such a mainstay on the Mexican table. So he has multiple different types of tortillas depending (laughs) on the region that they come up from. Our featured recipe has a pita bread almost style tortilla called Panarabe, which is a very, very fluffy flatbread. Honestly, this book really has everything you you could look for. There's a lot of moles, a lot of like salsas, a lot of use of dried chili. You'll hardly pass a recipe that doesn't use dried chili, but there's a lot of dishes that I had never heard of, which was so exciting and like just opens up your mind because as Americans, we just eat like tacos for dinner,
0: fajitas. (laughs) Right. It's more kind of Tex Mex. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And this stays really true. To the heart of Mexican cooking where it's bright, it's beautiful, it's full of life, and it's full of history and these ingredients that they've been using for generations and generations.
0: Outside of the recipe for our recipe kits that we'll talk about in just a moment, were there any other recipes that really jumped out at you, whether it was because of the picture or because it (laughs) kind (laughs) of gave you ideas or...
1: Yes, I would love to try my hand at some mole, so especially mole coloradito. It's the more red-style mole, I believe, and I think I'll just want to do it because it's like Colorado, coloradito, so I'm like, that's a good place to start, if any. It uses ingredients that I have never used before, like avocado leaf and a lot of different dried chilies, like pasillas, anchos and cascabels which I have used some but never in like a starring moment like in this mole. And then of course I want to do all the tortillas cuz I have never actually made tortillas at home so I think that that would be really fun to like make the different kinds and see which one is I like the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds delicious and comprehensive if you're looking to really try different recipes from different parts of Mexico or understand what each region maybe is famous for or has locally. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a fun way to explore the many different kinds of dishes that you can find throughout Mexico. And also sounds like there's some beautiful pictures inside as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that this book is, if I were to liken it to any of the other books that we've done this year, I think the Korean vegan is almost its partner for our year. Just because the Korean vegan also used very traditional ingredients, had a lot of background and cultural history, and then just had a lot of techniques that we may not usually see in our day to day ingredients with what we're normally cooking with here in in you know the Denver metro region or in Loveland. So. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um,
0: and our recipe kits this month that again are going to go out on the second thursday of the month so that is going to be october 13th we are going to have recipe kits for the tacos arabes and those will include mexican oregano human seeds and coriander seeds is there anything else you'd like to share or mention to folks about this month's recipe kit
1: yeah so i made these tacos a couple of weeks ago They were gone in my household. There's only two of us, but they were gone in just a day because we just ate it for every meal after. (laughs) It was so delicious. The pork shoulder steak that the recipe calls for, I had trouble finding boneless pork shoulder steaks. So I used like a bone in steak and that's totally fine. It worked well. And it's marinated in pretty much like Straight lime juice and garlic, and that's not typical of a marinade. You usually see an acid and an oil and maybe some sweetener. No, this is primarily lime juice, and then you have your garlic and some herbs uh, and some salt to flavor. But the pork ends up being super, super tender. It came together really, really easily. So even though you might not have made or even heard of tacos arabes before, I would highly recommend it just for a weeknight dinner because it's perfectly suitable for that.
0: And since you made this one, about how long did it, did it take you or what, should, what folks might expect?
1: Yeah, I put the pork in the marinade around noon so that it marinated for like the upper range of its window for a full four hours. But it really only needs to marinate, the recipe says an hour. I'm sure you could get away with 30 minutes. And then after that, maybe... Another hour of cooking time, and so you know, or I had about an hour of cooking time because I made peppers and like all of this other <laughs> stuff to go with it. but really just to make the actual um, meat itself probably takes another 20 minutes of cooking and then I just used tortillas that I got from the store. I found some really fluffy tortillas um, because I was running low on time, but I'm looking forward to making those panarabe very soon. Oh, I would love to try it again with the, the actual tortillas <laughs> yeah. I would use.
0: Did this one have any spice to it?
1: Um, No, it wasn't that spicy. It really doesn't have super spicy ingredients. It's mostly herb-based. Yeah, that's it. I'm looking at the recipe right now. There's really not spice in it. Although what I did, he suggests serving it with some salsa chipotle, um, which is absolutely delicious. If you want to make the recipe that he has in the book, I would highly recommend it. Um, Otherwise, I got some Chipotle salsa from the store. And um, we use that pretty often in my house. So you can serve it with whatever salsa, hot sauce, anything that you like. And if if your family doesn't like spice, leave it off. All good.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you for those tips and for sharing your experience, Ashley. That does sound just wonderful. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) those kits, again, are going to be available on the 13th of October, which is the second Thursday. Ashley, you always choose wonderful recipes for us to focus on and include some ingredients for folks to get started and to try cooking something new. So next, we are going to talk about any recommendations you might have, Ashley, for other cookbooks, food writers, or social media personalities who focus on food.
1: Yeah. So I think the first person that came to mind that local Coloradoans can be following, especially on Instagram, is Dana Rodriguez. She is the owner of a couple of restaurants in the Denver area, a Working Class, Super Mega Bien, and Cantina Loca. She also helps run Rioja. All of these are really, really big restaurant names here in Denver. If you're looking up fun hipster night out i would highly recommend all of those <laughs> restaurants i've been to most of them and they're all excellent but something that is especially near and dear to our hearts is dana rodriguez is the executive chef and she'll be the partner at casa bonita when oh, casa bonita comes back all hey.
0: right cool <laughs> yeah
1: so she's like this very like she has Chops, you know, to yeah. Name. And so she's gonna bring the Casa <laughs> Benita back with some good food. So yeah. yeah, all eyes are on Dana. And then I thought that we could go through a couple of restaurants or mention them from the Hispanic restaurant week.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. And we can put this link in our description, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Because the Colorado Food Magazine on their website has a list of top 100 Hispanic restaurants in and around denver yeah there aren't any in loveland but there are some in fort collins so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no (laughs) this is this is great
1: (laughs) 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 so the taco stop on college avenue la buena vida on harmony road tortillas las for americas is on college avenue uno most on olive street And Vatos Tacos and Tequila is on College Avenue, and those are all in Fort Collins.
0: Hey, there is a Vatos Um, Tacos in Loveland, so...
1: Oh, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Great. (laughs) I know. I was like, why did you guys skip over Loveland? But (laughs) I'm sure that you can find some really, really wonderful Hispanic-owned restaurants in Loveland just by a quick Google search. Yeah, again, you can go onto the Colorado Food Magazine website or at the link and check out some really good restaurants. There's a lot of different restaurants on here. There's empanadas, there's Puerto Rican native cuisine, there are lots of places for tacos, there's a couple of bars on here, like it's a pretty good list. So
0: we will definitely have that in the show notes for people to check out. Thanks for directing folks attention to that and that's really <laughs> exciting to hear about Casa Bonita sounds like they're really looking to have something great yeah. when it comes back that's very cool to hear <laughs> and before we wrap things up i also wanted to check in and see if you have been reading anything watching anything or there's any books on you know your horizon that you are Maybe thinking about checking out anything <laughs> spooky for Halloween?
1: <laughs> ah, I'm such a scaredy cat. I cannot read. <laughs> I can't do scary things. But I'm kind of in between books right now because all of my books are on hold. So I'm waiting on my next Wheel of Time book, which I've been reading this, or listening to the series <laughs> our entire time that we've been having our podcast episodes. So I'll talk about what I've been watching. I just watched the new League of Their Own series on Amazon, and that was really good. It brought some joy to my life, and I had a sick day, so I watched the entire series in a day, and it was time well spent. Yeah, yeah.
0: I saw some of the the actors that are in that, and I thought, yeah, that looks pretty cool. I might have to check that out,
1: too. It's a delight.
0: I know I mentioned we're going to have an October podcast where some staff and myself read Dracula in a YA vampire book. That YA vampire book is called The Lost Girls, A Vampire Revenge Story by Sonia Hartle. And I am just on the last leg of Dracula. I've read it before, but I wanted to have it fresh in my mind for this discussion. I enjoy both of them. Neither of them I don't think is very scary, but Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy scary stories and things. And Dracula, of course, you know, it's a Victorian England (laughs) Mm -hmm. book written a very long time ago, but I I really think it holds up as a cool vampire story and really, you know, the one that kind of kicked off the whole vampire craze. Mm -hmm. And then that YA book, The Lost Girls, I thought had its moments and was pretty funny. And if you like YA, it's one that's pretty breezy. I think I read it in just a couple of days. The humor can be a little dark, but it's <laughs> it's very it's just very like almost cartoonish. So yeah, but more to come on those if people are curious. Well, Ashley, thank you again for another wonderful episode of the Loveland Cookbook Group. Really couldn't do this without you and you're as always a wonderful co-host. So thank you again for returning to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: We will. Be back in October with that vampire podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot t-a-t-e at org. see you next time